Welcome to the latest Experts in the Field podcast from Foot Anstey's Farm, Estates and Rural Land Team. With guest speakers and in-house experts, we'll provide insights and practical advice on rural developments and current affairs. Welcome to another episode of Experts in the Field, our regular podcast series from the Farms, Estates and Rural Land Team at Foot Anstey. The number of farmers in the UK has been decreasing year on year, causing real threats to UK food security and the UK's farming future. But why is this happening and what can we do to encourage new entrants to farming? Joining us today to talk about this topic is Rosie Bennett. Rosie is an accountant at Evolution ABS, a Southwest headquartered accountancy firm. She's also a former chair of Devon Federation of Young Farmers and will very shortly be after recording this podcast, National Federation of Young Farmers Chair. She comes from a farming family with her parents still working as dairy and poultry farmers. We're also joined by Kate Lucas, a member of my team, a senior associate. Kate also farms with her husband in Somerset and they're currently building their own farming business there. Welcome to you both. It's great to have you here today uh, to discuss this uh, really interesting and very challenging topic. And Rosie, congratulations on the forthcoming new role as chair of the National Federation of Young Farmers. Thank you very much and thank you for having me. So to um, begin with, should we start by just talking about what are the reasons why the numbers of farmers in the UK are decreasing? It's a long-term trend and uh, what are the driving factors behind that and what are the challenges that are making it so difficult for new entrants to come in? Rosie, perhaps to you first. So I think the obvious answer is sort of capital and funding for new entrants into, into the industry. Farming's become a very expensive industry and the price of land is astronomical. And I think the availability of land is is not there. And so that is probably the biggest factor in why there's a decreasing number of farmers. And in in terms of the challenges within, um, well, there's two aspects of this. There's those new entrants to the industry. There's that challenge. And then there's those uh, like yourselves, like you and Kate, who are coming from within farming families. But looking at those external entrants, I mean, what discussions do you have in your accountancy role? What discussions do you have with new entrants Is it an area where lots of new entrants are thinking about it, but then hitting these challenges? I'd say that there would be a small percentage of new entrants. We wouldn't have very many come through the through the practice, but a lot of farming families need help to bring the next generation on. And also those farming families who don't have the next generation who are keen to take on the farm, how they can encourage new entrants from outside of their families to get involved. We have those sort of discussions and I think that's the key area to try and bring new people into the industry. I think it's very difficult for new entrants to break into the industry who don't have any connections whatsoever. And I think we could probably have a whole podcast just about that. But issues are, like Rosie pointed out, the cost of land is a real barrier. So the the sort of set up capital costs are just astronomical and out of reach for most people and coupled with that is perhaps the lack of tenancy agreements and of course the the policy of a number of councils to sell off council farms which makes it difficult for new entrants to break into the industry. Yeah the real lack in the market of longer term tenancy options makes it very hard to put together any form of business plan and make something viable where you can be sort of secure and feel like you can embark on a career for a long term isn't it? Yes, and I think as well for existing entrants leaving, you see lots of farms benefiting from economies of scale and you see the larger farms remaining and the smaller farms leaving. So if you're coming from nothing, it makes it very difficult to be one of those small farmers making a profit and making their living viable. Completely. And just to follow on from that, as technology has progressed and 
machinery's got larger and the technology within the farming industry, it's meant that smaller parcels of land have been swallowed up within the larger farms because they're the ones that can afford this technology. And it's meant that there's less smaller parcels of land for new entrants. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested, again, with your accountancy hat on, have you seen any new entrants thinking about coming into farming because of the sort of changing environmental schemes? And we'll talk about government subsidies in a second. But in terms of those opportunities in that changing market, where you're getting other big investors perhaps interested in environmental schemes on rural land and carbon offsetting, etc. Have you seen any encouragement of new entrants because of that? Yes, I think new entrants are generally more looking for diversification and and not just doing the bog standard farming. But there's a lot of uncertainty to do with the environmental schemes and carbon credits and all of that. So I think as well as it being an opportunity, it can be a barrier to new entrants. We've seen some new farmers go in and take on tenancies and do dairy farming as you would expect and then we've got also new entrants who go in and alongside their farming enterprise they have schools come and visit them or they're developing their farm into more sort of environmental and regenerative farming. Kate I know that you and your husband are well partway through which seems to be quite a long and painful process of planning permission. Do you want to just briefly explain a little bit about what you're trying to do and how and the frustrations of the planning process, which is another problem which comes up with those families looking to uh, bring up next generations into the farming operation. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we've experienced personally, and the planning process has been a very extreme barrier to the next generation coming through. We have applied for planning permission to set up a new unit. My husband's family is going through succession planning, and the infrastructure isn't there for his part of the enterprise so we've submitted a planning application but it took nearly two years for the planning application to be prepared because that's how long it took for all the surveys and environmental reports etc that the local authority needs to be prepared and the business case and it's now sat with the local planning authority for about the same amount of time for at least 18 months and it doesn't seem to be moving And it's just not an easy process to navigate. And although they say that they aim to encourage farmers and farming, when you actually experience it yourself, it doesn't seem to be the case. The delays have been extreme and the costs have also been astronomical and would be a real barrier, I think, to a lot of people. So it's not an easy process. And part of the reason we have to do this planning application to build the infrastructure is because there is a lack of farms in the vicinity that we could use existing farms have been turned into holiday lets or airbnbs and so we have no choice but to try and build from scratch so that's definitely a real barrier for somebody who's already in the farming industry but for the next generation trying to come through and make their own business that's a really absurd story and i'm sure I'm sure Rosie can give lots of examples of her clients and the struggles of the planning process, which seems to be becoming more and more of a problem in the sector. Rosie, you touched on it a second ago, but you want to talk about the government schemes which are available to support new entrants to farming a little bit. So as part of sort of my young farmer's role, but we've been in touch with DEFRA and in November 22, they released the DEFRA new entrant pilot scheme which is basically a pot of money available to real new beginners, no previous farming experience. And alongside that, for farming families, there's also the Future Farming Resilient Fund. So that's available to farming families with the next generation who want to come on. 
but it's very, very new and they're sort of experimenting with who they give the money to, but it's an option there for people to just give it a go and see whether they can get some capital, maybe to get a tenancy, a short-term tenancy, some land, um, things like that. But it's quite an exciting pilot scheme um, that we've been able to get get running. And outside of that government support, what other support do you recommend new entrants and within farming families as well, looking at succession? Where else do you recommend that they go for that support and guidance that they need to tackle these issues? So absolutely talking to your own professionals, so your accountant, your solicitor and all that is where you start. But there is exciting new next generation funding scheme from Oxbury Bank with no security for some businesses and they offer mentoring for three years but you have to submit a business plan and sort of have a strategy as to what you're going to do but that's a excellent opportunity for new entrants we've also seen that Audi and the Prince's Countryside Fund um, offer bursaries and startup funds for new entrants and young farmers and students who want to get into the industry so if you are willing to go out and have a look at what's about there is opportunities but I think there could be more potentially. Yeah, I think there's the NFU do a lot of work in this in this area and there are lots of other charities as well do a lot in this area. I, mean, I was used to be a trustee of a charity called Face Farming and Countryside Education, which then merged into LEAF a few years ago and they're very active on some of the topics that we're talking about as well. And there's lots of other charities that can help in this area as well. And I think you're right. I think that a lot of it is about getting the information from potential advisors speaking to other farmers to build up your own knowledge so that you can have the advice and, and take the next steps you need to into this area. Kate, is there anything you wanted to sort of mention on that topic? I think that education is really important as well and looking forward to the longer term, more awareness in schools, more advice around the career opportunities that are available in agriculture would really encourage good applicants to move into the industry. There are Outside of pure farming itself, there are obviously lots of careers in the rural industry like you and Rosie and I are in. And I think that's really important. And I think particularly, as Rosie mentioned earlier, the way farming is going in terms of how technologically focused it is, you need those applicants and those people in farming that have that expertise and have that understanding. And I think it's perhaps historically been seen as a low-wage, low-skilled industry. Um, and I really think that needs to be revisited and moving forward. If we want to attract the best applicants into the industry, they need to be educated from an early age as to how interesting, how rewarding it can be. I think that's absolutely right. Some of the charities I mentioned earlier do a lot there. And there's others like Farm for City Children, another charity which is brilliant in getting school kids out from inner city areas onto farms. I think most people's education of farming in the sort of wider public these days probably comes from Clarkson's Farms, isn't it? Lots of different views on that, but it has done very well at increasing wider knowledge and understanding. And it does serve a purpose in terms of some of the topics that we're talking about, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think he's done a lot for the farming industry. It's reached the masses, that's for sure. It is, exactly, exactly. Um, Rosie, do you want to talk a little bit about your involvement with young farmers? Obviously, something you're very passionately involved with I'm sure for a long time do you want to talk a little bit about that what you're doing and and your new role when you step into that in a few weeks time yeah so um as you probably imagine I'm heavily involved with young farmers and there's lots of work going on in the background with young farmers that I'm not sure the general public would realize is happening and we have a lot of fun but we also do a lot of good 
I think in the agricultural industry, we work alongside DEFRA and have a lot of funding from DEFRA to do surveys. So last year we did a survey on the future land use and it was clear that young farmers and new entrants were concerned about food security and the commitment from the government to produce food in this country. And as a result of that, they've put together the the pilot scheme I mentioned earlier. We also do a lot of training for farm safety, rural crime, just general agricultural skills. And that's delivered to nearly 20,000 people across the country, which is a massive audience. And this year we're, we're looking at doing training and developing something with DEFRA for new entrants, which is quite exciting. Young Farmers is an absolutely excellent opportunity. And if you chuck yourself in, you can get so much out of it. And I can't encourage it more. And it's a great way to get off the farm and combat a bit of rural isolation as well. I totally second what Rosie says. I was a member of Young Farmers from sort of age 15 until about 25. And not only is it great fun, but in terms of my professional career, lots of people that I used to party with on a Friday night in my youth are now land agents or accountants or fellow solicitors. Um, So it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to expand your knowledge of the farming industry. And it really does build not only lifelong friends, but those professional contacts as well. Well, it all sounds like excellent fun, the stories you hear, Kate. (laughs) Definitely. It's the sort of stories you might not want to repeat in professional capacities, Edward, but fun nonetheless. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you for uh, to recap any stories here, Kate. Thank you very much. Rosie, just drawing this to a conclusion, what would be your top tips for new entrants, for top recommendations? And then also, because there's a separate category, really, for those people trying to come through in farming families and that succession, what would be your top tips? So... I think for a new entrant, the biggest one would be don't give up. If you've got that passion and that desire to to enter the industry, talk to other people who are in the industry, professionals, and seek opportunities and be willing to take a risk because sometimes you need to be willing to go out of your comfort zone and take a risk and maybe take on some land and a tenancy and hope for the best. But it's those who take a risk who generally succeed. And then for the next generation, I, I'm part of that next generation and I've got two younger brothers and part of a farming family. And the biggest thing that's helped us as a family is just being open and honest about what we all want to achieve, where we'd like to go. If you, as a young person, don't want to go farming, you need to let your parents know so there's no expectation. But equally, if you want to do something on the farm that's not currently being done, If there's no communication and there's nothing being said, how is anyone ever going to know? And by communicating and being open and honest, you can kind of work together and create a plan for succession. And that would be my top tips. I very much echo your your last point about communication. I mean, sadly, some of the work I get involved with is around where that communication is broken down or not happened. And then that can lead to some problems and arguments later down the line, which no one set out with that aim. So... Yeah, communication, understanding what the plan is, being open about the plan, being open when the plan needs to change, for example, because things never to be changed in life, don't they? Which can force a rethink, and that dialogue is something that's really um, important, something we really encourage, particularly when um, trying to plan and grow a farming business across multiple generations. Thank you both for your time today. It's been really interesting. No problem at all. Thank you. Thanks. This topic and the issues around it is one that we've returned to a number of times in our podcast series. 
So if those listening are interested, please do take a listen to some of those other episodes in our series. We'll also include links to articles, other resources and Rosie's contact details in the notes section of this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next Experts in the Field episode from Footansty. Join us next time for more insights on important rural and agricultural issues. Find out more about our podcast series at our website, footansty.com. Thank you.